Texas and Tea podcast fans. Danny here, as you guys already know. Um, if you're new here, hi, I'm Danny. And uh, usually we talk about anti MLM content, but we also on this podcast like to spread awareness and we talk about trauma, we talk about toxic relationships, DV awareness, any type of awareness. We're here to share survivor stories and to help people feel empowered to share their voices. So with that being said, I'm really excited because the person I get to introduce you guys today is somebody that I've literally known their entire life. I would say my entire life, but I'm a little bit older. Somebody that is quite literally a person who's helped me so much in understanding so many things, and especially this topic that we're going to talk about today. Very proud of this person. And this is my cousin, Alyssa. Hello, Alyssa. Hi. I'm really excited because you came to me wanting to talk about this topic. And it's one that I'm really, really excited to help you talk about, help you share. Um, so what is it that brings you here with us today? So I have borderline personality disorder, which is a super stigmatized mental disorder known to, you know, be super untreatable. And I just want people to know that it is possible to live a normal life with this disorder because people like to think that it's at least people who know about it. A lot of people don't know about it, which is really sad because a lot of the population has it and most people don't even know or are misdiagnosed. And I just want people, you know, to be more aware of the actual symptoms of it. And, you know, if they are misdiagnosed and taking wrong medication or whatever, that they go and get the help they need. And I just, I really, I want this to be a more known topic out there. So. Yeah. No, and, and that's amazing. In fact, I learned a lot about this from you. I have my own personal experience with somebody that has BPD and learning about it from you, like kind of like we've already talked about is that I've got a lot of closure from this. You know, I always talk to you guys about my narcissistic mother, but ultimately my mom does have borderline personality disorder. It's pretty well known that she has it. And um, this like talking to Alyssa has helped me so much in understanding this is why this happened. Like that's not necessarily my fault. And sometimes it's not even her fault. Um, Cause when we have these mental health disorders, we can't help what we can't help. So I I'm totally right there with you. Want to help um, destigmatize this. Um, but outside of BPD, who is Alyssa? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I, <laughs> This is actually really funny because I don't even really know who I am. So that is a trait of my disorder because I tend to take on other people's personalities. So I really don't know truly who I am. I have to keep notes um, in my phone quite literally because when I do think back to, and I have flashbacks, you know, to being happy and that all that as a child, I will remember things that I used to love as a kid and I'll have to write it down before I forget it because I, I often do forget, you know, what I used to love as a child and what I possibly could still love, you know? And so I don't, I really don't know who I am. It's quite scary. <laughs> I mean, thank you so much for, for being vulnerable with that answer, because I mean, you really didn't have to. And I think that the fact that you're comfortable saying that and, and including that as a part of this discussion is incredible. And I'm so proud of you for that. Um, but what I can say about Alyssa is she is married. Her wife is fantastic. Um, I know her entire family. <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> 
She she likes bugs. We talked about the praying oh, yes. mantis I one time. Like yes, I do like bugs. <laughs> um, but no, I and I I of course I mean I maybe I know a version of you, I guess, but I definitely would like to think that I know some pretty cool things about you. And, and um, I'm really proud of who you are today and, and really where you've come from. And, um, you know, when it comes to talking about this, what is BPD? Like, what what is it that it may be? I know it's probably a loaded question, um, but it, I guess in the simplest way of explaining it, what, what is BPD? It is a intense fear of abandonment. So when I first got my diagnosis, I had no idea what my doctor was talking about. When she first told me, you know, I can see that you have this, my daughter has it, you know, and she started explaining all the different things to me. She goes, it is overall a fear of abandonment. And I was like, when was I ever abandoned as a child, you know? And thinking back, it was when my grandmother had to ultimately move all the way across the fucking country to go and get lung transplant and then ultimately never came back and you know that was she was my ultimately she was my mom you know my mom mom my bio mom is like my second mom to me because my grandma raised me pretty much up until my mom finally could and you know I I really had to think hard as to where my abandonment came from but then as I started thinking more and more and more I was like oh my gosh there's a lot in my life that can be interpreted as abandonment. And I never realized it until I really started researching all of it. And it's crazy disorder. <laughs> it's nuts. And I learn more about it every day. It is. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for, for context, so her grandma is actually my aunt, my mom's sister. So her mom is my cousin. So we're actually second cousins, which is really interesting because we're really not that far off in age, um, which yeah. is pretty cool. Um, but that's that's kind of the the lineage. So when she's talking about what happened with her grandma, I'm like thinking back, I was like, yeah, that's, that's my aunt. And, and yeah. um, it was a very, very sad time. And it's true. You were very young when all of that happened. And um, yeah. yeah, I could totally see what you're talking about. And I'm sure it's emotional for you to even even think about. So again, thank you for your, for being vulnerable here. Um, I'm super open. That's what comes with it as well Is sometimes I kind of word vomit things and then think back later. But at the same time, I with the with talking about this, I'm super open, super vulnerable with it because I want people to know what it's actually like, because most people hide behind the disorder. And, you know, I just I just want people to know what it's truly like, you know, every yeah. aspect of it. But that's yeah, no, that's amazing. And and again, I'm really grateful for that insight. And it really does kind of add to again, if anybody out there has BPD or knows somebody who has BPD, or even themselves, maybe unsure, just kind of knowing all of these little characteristics that at least create that that level of awareness. And so what I know about personality disorders is very, very small. Um, but I have heard and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the personality disorders are are created, right? Like you're not necessarily born with all of the the traits of them, but a lot of it is trauma based. A lot of it is formed out of trauma. Is that right? Yes, definitely. A lot of it is just learned behavior. It can manifest in so many different ways too. And I can I can definitely say I've taken on a lot of looking back, I can I've taken on a lot of traits of my mom and like what she used to do, you know, when I was growing up and whatnot. And um it definitely is all trauma based <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And that and that, you know, it it's incredible the different types of personality disorders that are out there as well. Because BPD is just one of them. Oh, and yeah. I've actually I've been following this lady on TikTok who's like, I, I'm kind 
kind of shocked that I follow her, but she ha- she's a sociopath, like diagnosed. She has antisocial personality disorder. And that one was really yeah. interesting to learn about too. And again, very similar, very like caused by trauma. And then there's histrionic personality disorder mm-hmm. as well. Is that one? Yeah. Gotcha. And so with with what what is it that makes BPD different than these other personality disorders, if if you know? So this one ultimately is um actually known to be the hardest personality disorder mental disorder in general to live with. Um, It's known as the most painful disorder to live with because we quite literally feel every emotion at one time in a matter of seconds. It It's so, it's scary. Like my body can feel like it is on fire at times. It It's awful. <laughs> and it's like having third degree burns all the time without the scars. Yeah. Would you say that you also are with BPD? Is it common to feel emotions, um, but like feel them to a very, very great extent? So maybe like oh, anger, yeah. but like anger times a certain number, like not always average anger. Oh, yeah, definitely. I can get mad about the tiniest little things. Ugh, it's scary at times. Like I'm I have the trait where I am very rageful. Um, I have broken a lot of things and ultimately they are never my own things. I will never break my own stuff, you know, because I always feel in my brain at the time that I want to get back at the person that's making me feel this way. But ultimately I make myself feel that way. My body is getting to that point. You know, my brain is getting to a point where it is so angry, so rageful that it, it doesn't need, it did not need to get that far. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I am so mad at the other person because I'm thinking that they made me like this. You know, they, they did something to turn me this way and may, they're making me do this pretty much. So I'm going to go and break their video game or whatever, which I have done before. And I, I'm not proud of any of it. Like I, I do these things and it's like, I'm not even myself at the time. I quite literally have a different, I don't want to say person, but it's like a different me inside that will take over. And my sane self is still in there. I can see my, it's almost like an out-of-body experience, but I can see myself doing these things. I know what I'm doing, but I can't stop it. It's so, it just, it literally takes over. And it's scary. And I'm just so glad that I finally am so aware of it because I have been able to basically completely stop that. Like I, I am definitely not who I was two years ago. I was breaking things. I was hurting people like physically, mentally, everything. And I was just such a different person. And now that I'm actually trying, I'm more aware. I'm actually trying to heal myself. I noticed what I was doing, you know, is not right. Is like, I need help. I needed help. And I needed to not just do it for me, but everyone I loved, everyone who was around me that I didn't want to keep hurting. And it's, yeah, I did something one time that to someone that has been there for me my entire life, your entire life, like, and after I did it, it was a turning point for me. And I knew that I needed help. It was so terrifying. I scared myself enough to get help. I look, I, I will always look back at that moment and think of that as my motivation to keep going, to know that I, I've made it to this point from there and I can just keep getting better. 
I mean, that's a lot, but again, just that vulnerability, again, I cannot tell you how proud I am of you for, for having this conversation because it is helpful to know that people can live with VPD and live totally healthy lives. Like, and I always say that anytime I even talk about my own mother, I'm like, I always, like, I even mentioned you a lot of the times, a lot of the times you're my reference. So hi, if you have learned, heard my past episodes, this is the person that I'm referring to, but it's true. <laughs> and, and, and I think that self-awareness is incredible because you're right. You, you are constantly working. I mean, like, especially like since we've been getting to know each other over the past few years, it's been fantastic to be able to see all of these things and, and for you to teach me, like you're my teacher in this situation. And I think it's awesome. And that self-awareness, and I feel like even people who don't have BPD, or maybe they have some other level of neurodivergence, it's such a challenge to be self-aware, to be like, oh shit, like I fucked up. Like that was not okay. ADHD, for example, like ADHD can have a lot of irritation in the like with it. And it's a lot of impulsivity and being ADHD myself, I understand like, oh shit, like there are things that I can get so irritated by. And because my, I can't slow my brain down enough, I'll act impulsively. And um, my son does it too. He has ADHD. And, and the more we learn about it, the more we can definitely try to combat it. The impulsivity part can definitely be challenging. Is, is impulsivity a part of BPD as well? Oh, definitely. I am so impulsive. I have done so many things that I ultimately want to think as life experiences, but I know were just self-destructive behaviors or like I don't self-harm. I am impulsive. I ultimately go and buy things and with money I don't even have. And it terrifying how fast I can spend a hundred bucks or five hundred dollars, like without even blinking. And it has put me and I'm Fortunately, my wife in a very tough situation at the time being, like I just totaled my car. And so that really put us in a shithole. Impulsivity, especially is a part of this disorder. It is awful. But mine mainly comes out in spending money, you know, doing whatever I want to do, acting like a child, things like that. So, okay, how old are you now? And then how old were you when you were diagnosed? Um, uh, let's see. I was diagnosed when I was 21. So literally right after I got married, which was in 2019. So my wife really didn't know what she was marrying at the time <laughs> until we got that diagnosis. But I can say we both were very relieved to know what the fuck was going on with me. So she has stuck around, <laughs> which I am absolutely grateful for. Definitely. I am 25 now. Now. So it has been a few years of learning this labyrinth of a brain, and it's honestly never ending, which blows my mind every day. But I'm still here. I'm still here and kicking and fighting. So that's all I can ask yeah. myself for, honestly. No, I love it. And then, yeah, Molly's dope. Like, <laughs> no, because your guys' dynamic is amazing. And um, I think the fact that you guys can be so vulnerable together, like we've sat down and had dinner a couple of times, and you both just kind of bounce back and forth really well. The, the, the energy is there. And I think it's I think it's really good. And I'm, I'm really happy to know that you have somebody in your corner who is it's like an unconditional like they choose to love you kind of a thing. And that's right. almost like, I mean, sure, you have a mother's love, you have a father's love, you have family members. But when somebody chooses to love you through your bullshit, they are 
are solid (laughs) people. So shout out. We love her. Um, But actually, what were some of the early signs? Like looking back now that you kind of have a better understanding of the fact that you have this, what are some early signs that you can remember? So I honestly, I would, um, manipulation was a huge thing. I still am, which is terrible, but I would manipulate my way into getting anything I wanted, even if it was just, you know, my mom's attention or whatever. Because again, I like, I didn't have a good relationship with my dad at the time. And it has gotten so much better as I've gotten older. I mean, I can honestly say now I love my dad. And I don't I mean, I know why I was the way I was as a child. But manipulation was definitely a huge sign. I would threaten, you know, basically, I would threaten to kill myself if my mom didn't spend time with me instead of my dad or things like that. You know, I would be like, Oh, you don't love me because you love dad more. Not thinking, you know, as a child, you know, they're married, their husband and wife, you know, I mean, they're allowed to love each other. But as a kid, I was always competing for that attention from my mom. And another one was I, I got angry so quick as a kid. I mean, so fast. I was never taught how to control my emotions. I was never taught, you know, how to um, like what the right emotion was for that situation. So it always tended to be anger because that's what I saw around me. So that's kind of just like what I took on. Actually, my grandma told me a story. Um, this is my dad's mother. She told me a story a couple months back when she was babysitting me when I was like three years old. Um, I loved bugs. I still love bugs. I will always love bugs. But in particular, ladybugs, they are my absolute favorite thing on the planet. And me being my sane self, you know, because I have those moments where I'm not absolutely psycho. Um, (laughs) Me being my sane self, I would never kill a bug. Like, honestly, bees are like my best friend. Like, I will go out and find a bee and it will crawl on me and hang out with me forever. But as a child, I guess... I was with my grandma. We were hunting for bugs. I found a ladybug and I was sitting playing with it. And I guess I looked at it and I just squished it with my fingers. And I looked at it, looked at my grandma and she goes, Alyssa, why would you do that? And not in an angry way, but she's just like, Alyssa, why would you do that? And I instantly felt the most remorse. Like, why did I do that? Why would I do that? And I can see that as an adult now, you know, I do that all the time. I I used to do it even more, but I've gotten a lot better with it where I would do things like break my wife's stuff. And I think back, I'm like, why did I do that? Why would I do that? What did that accomplish? Nothing. And it looking back, it's like, there's just so there are so many little things that were signs, but because it is such, I mean, mental health is just now becoming a big thing, honestly, within the last few years, people are actually paying attention to it. And that's why I want to spread awareness about BPD because most people don't know about it. And you'll only know about it when you get, if you can get diagnosed with it. It is so hard to get diagnosed with. Um, Most people are diagnosed with bipolar disorder before they're diagnosed with BPD because it's an easy treatable disorder, apparently, to doctors. And so they want to try and treat you for the disorder that is easily treatable in their eyes before they, you know, start you on this other one that they most likely will not be able to succeed with, you know? So yeah, 
I just, I, I hate this disorder. <laughs> it's awful, but I want people to know that you can live with it. You can be happy with it. I mean, you can untrain your brain to not be angry, not be so impulsive, not hurt everyone around you. You can be, you can be happy. You can love people. You don't have to always give in to your emotions like your brain tells you. Yeah. Wow. You know, I remember you telling me that story. Uh, I remember you told me a while back and um, it's always impacted me simply because it's like, it's like now you have an answer for that. Something mm -hmm. that had happened and, and now you, you know what it is like you can look back and be like okay I like consciously and logically I know why this happened and, and maybe in the moments you probably don't know but I think it's so like I think your self-awareness is incredible and as far as like hating a disorder that you have especially with the negatives that is that is like real real I think that is a comment that is it's true it is true too though that there's a lot of misdiagnosing, like a lot of misdiagnosing. Bipolar disorder is probably the one mis one of the highest misdiagnosis out there because mm -hmm. when people are like, oh, you change emotions all the time, you're bipolar, but that's not bipolar disorder. Like bipolar no. disorder in, in a very short sense is high highs in emotions, but also very low depressing lows. And it's like, when you really look at the person that you're calling bipolar, none of those things are bipolar. In fact, I had somebody tell me that when I was young, because I was basically emulating my mother's emotions, I did not know anything different. And you have ADHD on top of it that I was never actually diagnosed with. I would literally cry myself after being so angry, I would cry and cry and cry. And then I would fall asleep. And my son does the same thing. And it's a part of ADHD now that we know, but she was always like, Oh my gosh, I thought you were bipolar. And it was like, as much as I love you, like, no. Of course, now we have a better understanding, but I, it's like OCD. When people are like, oh, I like my house clean. I'm so OCD. It's like, that's not OCD. OCD not at is, all. No. It's thinking you're going to die unless you turn the doorknob five times. Like your whole family right. could... Like, so your, like your life is over if you don't twist the doorknob. You literally cannot leave the house by doing some sort of ritual thing. And of course, it's different for everybody. But that too, like those types of miscommunications with, with any sort of neurodivergence is, is frustrating. Do you ever, do you ever hear those things too? Like, Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, honestly, yeah. The OCD one kills me because people always are like, I'm so OCD. I'm so OCD. And learning about mental disorders like more in depth it's like what are people thinking like you need to stop saying these things because you're not actually OCD and realistically you know you're kind of making fun of the people who actually have OCD and you're making it seem less than what it actually is um because you don't know how they actually feel like you said you know it's thinking you know your whole family's gonna die if you don't flip the light switch on and off three times you don't count the steps every time you walk up and down up I mean it's <laughs> people need to do their research on things before they start saying things like that, you know, but yeah, yeah. That, that pisses me off, especially I've seen on TikTok recently, BPD is a big thing on TikTok and people love to romanticize it. It's disgusting. Like people love to be like, I have BPD because I do this and this and this. And it's like, you don't want, I would never wish this on my worst enemy. <laughs> I wouldn't wish this on Satan himself. Like I, <laughs> it is so painful and so just such a disgusting disorder. Like I would never wish it on anybody. Why would you fantasize about having it or wanting to have it? You know, I glorifying like, it's just, it's terrible. I don't, I don't know why people do it. It's, it's 
disgusting to me. <laughs> no, it's becoming more common. I'm seeing that with like disassociative identity disorder. That one I've seen too. A lot of people oh like romanticizing gosh, yes. it, self-diagnosing or autism too, or or even like just like like self-diagnosing themselves with with these different things. And mm -hmm. um, it's very hard to watch that, especially either as somebody who has it, or for me, I have a child with autism. I follow so many like adults who who have autism on like on TikTok and Instagram, and I love their level of awareness. But it's the ones like you said who are romanticizing it. It makes it a little bit more challenging. But I also want to talk about the other side of things. What about the people who kind of deny that these disorders disorders exist? Have yeah. you experienced that side of things where where you've heard like, no, you're fine, like that's not real, or like about my disorder? I mean, okay, so yes, I have definitely heard a lot of you know people not believing and things like that, or you know, oh, you're just being dramatic or. That's what I was always called as a child was dramatic. I mean, yes, I am dramatic, but that is also hyperbolization where I quite literally make everything more than what it is. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I haven't personally came across anyone who has outwardly told me, you know, you don't have this disorder. It doesn't exist. I mean, because I'm so open with it, I have told a lot of people about it. You know, if I tend, if I'm around, you know, my work people know about it because if I do slip up and I tend to um, act a certain way or I have an attitude or whatever, they know why, you know? So I want the people to, around me to know that I have it, what kind of to watch out for just in case so they don't take it personally. But no, I haven't had, they maybe think to themselves, you know, oh, she's crazy, which a lot of people with BPD find the word crazy triggering. I find it funny because I am absolutely crazy. I am nuts. Like I <laughs> can openly admit that I have done a lot of stupid, crazy shit for no goddamn reason at all, other than I have a mental disorder, which is not an excuse at all because I am learning from it. I can learn from it, but I am absolutely nuts and crazy. <laughs> which I'm sure everybody out there listening that this is person to person, you can't just go up to your friend who has BPD and say the word crazy because you never know, they might not like it. But if you talk to Alyssa and you're like, oh man, that's crazy, she'll be fine. But, oh, but yeah. I'm sure it's context I mean, too. Crazy, you call me a bitch. I mean, I know I am. I mean, honestly, I know I am. I know I can be. <laughs> I know I am. So it, I mean, I'm not going to always apologize for it either. So <laughs> do you ever find that you can get angry and maybe not necessarily have like an emotion behind it? So if somebody needs to be told off do you, are you able to do that without remorse? So I used to be super shy as a kid and never felt like I had a voice and never felt like I could truly say what I felt because when I did, I would get in trouble. And so, you know, as most kids would, <laughs> um, but now I've learned that, I mean, my wife has helped me a lot along the way, but has helped me have a voice and finally speak my truth. Now that I've gotten older, I have no problem telling people off like it. If they're being stupid and it is, you know, going to potentially hurt someone or cause damage or trouble in some way. Like I have no problem being like, okay, get your fucking shit together or whatnot. So yeah, I have, I have no issues there with telling people off if I need to. And I feel like that it does come in handy sometimes, you know, 
to be able to be that yeah. forward and stern and not give a fuck, you know. But I definitely do have that on off switch where I know when it's appropriate and when it's not, which is weird because at the same time, BPD is so such an impulsive thing. It like you never know how you're going to act. But then at the same time, I do have an on off switch where it's like a filter where I can turn it off. So it's like, why can't I just always have it off, you know? And that's where they get it confuses me because I'm like, why? If I can turn it off sometimes, why can't I just keep it off and yeah. never turn it back on again? But it's not that easy. <laughs> totally valid. When you got your diagnosis with with BPD, because I know you you talk a lot about you know your family and and your wife and and what was the reaction from you know your inner circle when you were like, hey. I have this because I remember you posted it on Facebook too when you had it, but I'm more curious about like your, your inner, inner circle. Yeah. So when I first got diagnosed, um, it was my mom, my wife and my dad. We all kind of knew I was going in to go talk to a special doctor about it, all of it, what was going on, seeing if we could get somewhere with what was happening with me. And so it was just my wife and I that went to the appointment and the appointment was so eye opening because it was like she was basically telling my life story back to me, you know, in different situations that people with BPD go through. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is my life. Literally, you're telling me my life over again. Um, and so once that appointment was over and done with, I immediately went over to my mom and dad's house and I was like, I figured it out. We figured it out. It, it felt like fireworks were going off in my brain because I was so happy to finally have an answer to what I'd been feeling for years and years on end. And so they were absolutely ecstatic that we finally had an answer to what was going on with me. And it wasn't just me being traumatic, me having an attitude, me being lazy, me, you know, just being rebellious. It, I, I had, I have a disorder. There's a word for it. And I finally had an answer. And it was a couple of days later that we had gone over to my grandpa's house. We call him Poppy. <laughs> and Graham was alive then. Um, that is my great grandma and your grandma. <laughs> that's, that's my grandma. Rest in yes. peace, grandma. Oh, love Graham. And our or aunt, she was there. Yeah. And then my two brothers were there. Um, I have three brothers, but he, the other one was at college, but my two brothers were there, my mom, and my dad, and we all kind of were in a circle and around my, our grandpa's living room. And I just started telling them what I just got diagnosed with. You know, it may sound scary and I don't want you to look at me differently. It's almost like when I came out, you know, came out of the closet. It was like, I was coming out of the, the disorder closet. Like I was telling them, you know, this is why I'm so fucked up. Sorry, pretty much. So everything I've ever done, you know, this is why I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> and they, I feel like everyone was super happy that, you know, I was happy that I finally knew what it was. Everyone knew, you know, my whole life that something was wrong, but we always thought it was just, you know, because my grandma died and I, you know, was just fucked up ever since. And I mean, yeah, that's true to a certain extent, but everything else that I'd gone through in my life led up to what I have. And they knew something was wrong and they were all very happy to finally know why I was the way I was. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting that I kind of thought about when you were talking about our aunt being there and, and our aunt knowing what 
you have. And I wonder if she knows my mom has that and how she can recognize your self-awareness, but then like does not recognize my mother and any with yeah. any similar regards. Do you think she just doesn't know? I almost think it's because I'm so, I was open with it. I'm open with it. I don't sure. think she ever would have, I don't think she ever would have actually realized, you know, oh my gosh, it's a actual disorder, you know, she probably because her generation, you know, she probably isn't like, oh, yeah, borderline personality disorder, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, she probably just thought I was depressed or something. I don't know. But I don't think she realizes it in your mom. I really don't. I think she yeah. thinks she's completely fine. She doesn't realistically see her that often. So she only no. sees a certain side of her. And like I said, you know, we tend to act and have an on off button. And she probably never has acted out in front of her sister. I mean, she she has honestly probably never seen it. I mean, me being a kid, you know, she probably saw a lot of it. Probably was like, what what the fuck is wrong with this child? But <laughs> but your mom being an adult, I don't think she's ever shown it to her. So yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, if she ever has shown anything, she could be thinking something totally different. Like, oh, she's just, you know, irresponsible or whatever, you know, just, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. that's such a good point. It really is. And then you're right. My mom's not open about it. She, she most of the time tries to deny the fact that she even has it, even though she has a formal diagnosis with it. Like she has gone to a psych and, and the psych was able to see through her. And that's literally what she told me. She was like, he said he saw it. And I, and one thing I did learn from one of my therapists was saying like, it can be a hard diagnosis to make because like you were saying that on off switch, not being for like fully transparent. And if somebody doesn't know what to look for, then mm -hmm. a therapist would even, you know, see past it. It's the same thing with ASPD as well. And, and we were talking about that. And um, I mean, hey, even with ADHD, like I was definitely viewed as like a horrible child. A yeah. lot of it was because <laughs> I was mirroring my mother and, and that's how I was taught to act. And it's been a lot to unlearn. But I also know that like when you add that level of, of emotion onto somebody who has ADHD, you're only going to make their brain spin out of control, basically. And that was the and, uh, impulsivity is a part of ADHD, too. And it's like there's so much that that generation does not recognize. It, it's frustrating when, when you do hear stuff like that. And sure, there's there is that like you have to kind of educate on that level. Um, and how do you feel now that you can live your life openly with it? Was it ever hard to kind of want to tell other people who were not in your inner circle about it? And how did you kind of overcome that? Like with telling your coworkers, for example? Yeah, I mean, at first, I thought, you know, oh my God, people are going to judge me. They're going to think I'm psychotic. You know, if people ever just Google this disorder, they're going to get so many, you know, wrong things from it. Like it, it's crazy how much is out there information wise that I'm putting air quotes around information wise, because a lot of it is so wrong and it's written by people that don't actually live it, don't know it, you know? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things out there that are true, you know, like the fear of abandonment, the disassoci disassociation, the, the splitting, all of that, because those are just, you know, normal traits of BPD. But there's just, there's a lot of info out there that is not correct. So, um, yes. So I did find, you know, fear in wanting to tell people, but that was just because I had fear of people judging me in the way that I, you know, I didn't want to be thought as abnormal. Um, I was always the kid that wanted to fit in, you know, I was never the popular one, but I always had those popular friends that, you know, but you never were friends enough to actually hang out. You know, it was, it, so I, I've always kind of just had that brain where I don't want people to judge me. I want people to like me, but then I finally got over it because I was like, you know what, this is who I am. If I'm 
gonna try and heal from this. I need to accept that I have it. I need to, for, yeah, first of all, accept that I I have it. Know that this is me. I'm gonna be okay. Um, people around me, you know, need to also, I think, if they're close to me, be aware of it. Because I don't want people also judging me that, you know, I'm if I'm acting a certain way, you know, because I have an attitude. I don't want people thinking me or thinking that I'm just a bitch or, you know, I just have an RBF or whatever. It's like, no, I... <laughs> something's actually going on up there. <laughs> it's not just because I'm an asshole, but, but I, I don't know. I just, it's also a thing where I just want people to be informed of it. And, you know, not everyone is normal. Like everyone wants, what is normal? Normal is not even a fucking thing, but, <laughs> but society has this thing where everyone has to be normal. And it's like, well, what actually is that? And yeah. we're taught to think, you know, if you're weird in any way that you're, lesser than anyone else and no one is truly better than anyone else i mean you can have all the money in the world you can be the prettiest person in the fucking world you're no better than you know the homeless man down the street just because he is living in a tent <laughs> yeah i finally just got over of what people thought of me and i just wanted yeah. to speak my truth and what i was going through and god forbid you know someone else that i come across is having these issues too and they don't talk about it and yeah. i i do you know and it I, if i change one person's life out there you know stop one person from killing themselves one person who has no hope and i change the their mind like my work is done <laughs> yeah honestly yeah um, well, I can definitely say that you have helped me quite a bit like I I, I can't say that enough because I, I mean it's one thing for me to have been raised by somebody because I feel like I kind of have to detach from that to have an outside perspective which is hard because when you're the person who's being kind of I, I don't want to say victimized I really don't want to use that word but but it's true when you're being victimized by somebody who has it, it's hard to kind of differentiate the two. But when I can take myself outside of that perspective and and really kind of learn from you, it does, even though, like I said, I don't have a relationship with this person, I can also kind of have empathy and say, you know what, like, I have to empathize. Whatever they did to me is, is irrelevant at this point. Like it can be relevant in certain aspects. Of course, healthy boundaries are important. But there's also that like, okay, like, there's a reason behind it. And um, being able to kind of look at it from an outside perspective, and you really helped me do that because I don't think without talking to you or learning from you that I would be able to do that. So, and, and just in general, but, um, but no, I think that everything that you've said is, is such good perspective and being open about it is super great. You know, in fact, your openness is inspirational because you have to make people aware you have to because I mean it's like anything else like if you have a fucking peanut allergy people around you need to know so they don't bring peanuts around you right like, you're not gonna hide that <laughs> exactly you can't hide that because if you no. do yikes but it's you know very similar things and I think that bringing awareness to it is is awesome what are some everyday things that you do to keep your mental health space safe for you and and healthy and um self-care things that you do yeah so one of my favorite things to do is um self-care honestly is skincare my whole shower routine where I, I call it i work in the car business so i call it a detailing of my body where i just hey. you know shave your whole body you know exfoliate all that lotion everything it just detaches my mind from everything that i thought about the whole day you know anything that was on my mind before you know i started my self-care routine or whatever um but yeah I just I love taking care of my 
body because I tend to definitely neglect it at points and not care at times. And it makes me feel really good, you know, when I finally put the time in for myself. Um, But what I've definitely learned also, if I get to a point of anger, anything like that, or, you know, I come home and have an argument with my wife or whatever, I'm angry at the dogs. I used to feed into that anger and get more and more angry until it was explosive, you know, and everyone's fighting. But I've learned, you know, I need to, if I need a break, I need to take a step back, realize I need a break before this gets bad because I can feel it now. And it starts with like a heat in my stomach. It's the weirdest feeling. And it moves all the way up into my chest and my whole body, it's warm and like quite literally like you're sitting next to a campfire. And you know, when you get kind of too warm sometimes, so almost like the fire's burning you. Yeah, that's, that's like eventually what you start to feel like, but your whole body and once I get to that point, I'm like, okay, I need to go take a break for a little while. Um, and I just have to calm myself down, sit within my thoughts and get over it quite literally. I mean, there's no, not much I, I can do. I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, past therapists are like, hold an ice cube in your hand and think about something else. And I'm like, that doesn't fucking work. Like you can't, you can't just distract yourself like that. You know, I mean, we're talking about healthy ways that I can cope with this, but like I impulsively would shop beforehand and I would spend hundreds of dollars on shit, literally just shit that I did not even need. And I'd come home and I'd have that buyer's remorse. Like what the, why did I fucking buy this sign that says welcome? Like no one's welcome in my home. Like, <laughs> Why did I buy this? <laughs> but I, right. I did just because it's going to make me happy for five minutes. You know, I have an impulsivity to be this completely different person. And at that time, yeah, sorry, I'm just thinking this disorder is just crazy. (laughs) No, it's okay. How can we support maybe our friends or family members that we we do have healthy relationships with? How can we support anybody that we might know who has BPD? And and what can we do to um, maybe, yeah, be supportive? Definitely, you know, don't just think that they're being overdramatic. If they're expressing strong emotions, you know, just be there for them. If they need someone to vent to, I mean, even if like, we don't want your help realistically, we just want to vent to you. If we're angry, you know, we're not angry at you. We just, we want to vent. (laughs) Don't get close to us. If you don't want us to become absolutely obsessed with you, any person that I become friends with, I immediately will attach myself to them. And I've noticed myself, like I I've done that for years and that is one thing we do. It's like, it's called a favorite person and we will attach ourselves to that one person and idolize them in every possible way for no reason at all, other than we want their attention and we want someone to be there, not abandon us. And so if if you don't plan on being there for the long run, don't, don't associate yourself with us. Now that real fast on that point, I actually, you know, I was thinking about it right as soon as you said it, my question came right into my head. So is that because I know that narcissism can be a trait in in BPD. And I know it's not like a part of like everybody who has BPD, but is that kind of love bombing in a way? Like somebody that, oh, but not, not in like, like a, like a, like a malicious love bombing. Like I need to be like in control of this person, but like, a, I don't know how to not love bomb them. Is that 
fair to say Mm -hmm. for sure definitely like yeah (laughs) short-term relationships are a huge thing with me like I have the shortest friendships because I they can't handle usually how much I care for people like how much I care for them or whatnot it's it it's weird like honestly like I think to myself it's weird why do I do that you know and again I'm so aware of it that it's weird and when I get to that point it's like why am I doing this why am I so obsessed with this person that I met two minutes ago it's lack of maintaining relationships um like a trait of BPD or something that can happen as a result of BPD traits? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I always ask myself, I'm like, how did I even end up with the amazing person that I'm with? Because I have ruined so many relationships in my life for stupid reasons. Like I almost ruined my relationship with my childhood best friend over not wearing makeup to my wedding. Like it was the dumbest thing in the world. And I finally started getting help and I was like, why am I doing this over makeup? Like, and we're, we're friends again. And I apologized and whatnot and explained, you know, my diagnosis and whatnot to her. Um, But yeah, I, I always am wondering how I ended up who I married because she is amazing. She always sticks by my side and I could not be more grateful for her because I have ruined a lot of relationships that I regret ruining in my life. And she is one that I definitely probably should have ruined a million times. And she continues to stay with me and love me for who I am, which I am eternally grateful for. Like I said, she's dope. (laughs) Um, but no, and you know what, I think it's that vulnerability too, for real. Like it's, it's, it's the people that stick by you that are going to be those true people. And that's not to say that you can't create healthy boundaries too, though. Like if you know somebody who has any sort of mental health disorder, it's okay to create healthy boundaries for your own safety or your, for your own health and even Mm -hmm. for their own health. But it's also really cool to see the people who stick by you through these things. And, and do you feel like it was beneficial for you to find out maybe at like such a young age? Whereas do you feel like it might've been harder if you would have found out if you were in your thirties or forties? Oh, definitely. Um, Cause I, I found out around an age where my brain was still developing. So I, I felt like I was able to suck up so much knowledge of it. And I'm, I'm very grateful that I found out at the age I did. Cause a lot of people, don't even get diagnosed when they have it. So don't know what's going on their entire lives. I mean, it was, it's sad that your mom got diagnosed so late in life because she is kind of, you know, stuck in her ways now. And I mean, she will only change if she wants to change for her. I mean, she can't do it for anyone else around her, but herself and being, you know, the age she is, I, I don't foresee that happening, unfortunately. But I feel like the younger you're diagnosed, you know, the more open you are to changing yourself because you have a whole life ahead of you. I mean, do you really want to be in this angry spiral your whole life, you know, and I know I don't, (laughs) but I mean, people who are diagnosed later in life, they, you know, being from the generation that they are, they won't fully accept it because they don't want to fully believe that something could be potentially wrong with them. And it's not that something's wrong. It's we have just different brains. We were raised differently. We're, we're, fucked up <laughs> unfortunately yeah. by the people that were supposed to love us unconditionally i mean unfortunately you know life happens but i am hoping to end that trauma train that our family has been <laughs> we'd be trying over here i'm telling yeah. you but it's true it is true we do we do come from a line of trauma and i think every single person in our oh, yeah. in our line line of sponsorship was literally what i was going to say cuz i talk anti mlm so much but <laughs> our our fam- our family you know our our 
I feel yeah. like I'm pretty much, especially every female, I feel like they all know, like, yeah, we, we had some fucked up stuff happen, even if they want to pretend it's perfect now. But I think deep down, we all know from, you know, in our family, I think we all deep down know, which is pretty, pretty good um, to help try to end that, that cycle. And um, yeah, no, I think that was, that was a really good point, all of it. And I'm so grateful that you've had this willingness to come here and to have this discussion and to talk about it because you're right. I feel like someone like my mom who was diagnosed later on in life and has no self-awareness, um, which again is not anything that she can help at this point. She didn't know what she didn't know. Um, and now she shuts herself in, keeps herself away from people because if they see who she really is, they won't stick around. So people, exactly. if she can be by herself, that's literally how she is. And I think the more awareness that we can spread, the more that we can help people not have to live that life because realistically, I'm sure it's sad. How can we help support you on your journey of awareness? Would you like to plug an Instagram account, TikTok, anything where you're spreading awareness? How can we help you? Yeah. So um, I actually have an Instagram that is um, specialized for my borderline personality disorder. I'm kind of just starting it. It's been up for a couple months now, but I'm kind of just starting it. But it's called Borderline and Beautiful. And that is my Instagram. So if you just want to follow that, I just post awareness videos, my own, you know, life stories, healing tips, all of that. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely get that put in the description. We will post it everywhere, you guys, because I'm telling you what, like I've known this person my, my whole life, her whole my whole life, her whole life. And um, yeah, I mean, I can, I can look back and remember as a kid, you know, how you were. And um, I, you know, what's interesting is I think it's because I have so much empathy for being the bad kid. I've never once viewed you as the bad kid. I always have tried to train my brain not to do that because that was me. I was the bad kid. Um, we'll definitely plug your Instagram account and um, just really anything that we can do as well. Share with me some hashtags too that you think are important that we can definitely put down as well and, and share and spread the word. Do you have any final thoughts for our audience? Um, you know, just be nice to everyone. Everyone's going through something. I mean, everyone has something that they're struggling with. I mean, no one is perfect. And just just be kind to everyone. Be kind to others. Love everyone. You know, that's that's about it. <laughs> peace and love, everybody. <laughs> Literally peace just and love. Peace and love. <laughs> well, thank you again so much. I really appreciate your time. And you're welcome back anytime that you want to talk about a subject, you want to go into anything in detail, you are welcome back literally anytime. But if you guys want to follow me, and you guys want to share a story, whether it's an anti MLM story, if you have some sort of trauma, trauma or mental health or something that you want to spread awareness to please DM me on Instagram, my Instagram handle and my TikTok handle have both actually changed. They are at X's and T dot podcast. So again, both TikTok and Instagram, X's and T dot podcast. Check out the YouTube channel, y'all. I promise I'm getting stuff up. I promise it's taking a little bit of time, but it's getting there. So we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thank you again.